What does it take to create a vibrant, thriving life? First, the sad news is that Thoreau was right. Most people are leading quiet lives of desperation, lacking in meaning, fulfillment, and vitality. But we choose more. We choose to create extraordinary lives. And the Art of Vibrant Living show entertains you with inspiration, empowerment, and education to create your life into a masterpiece. It's time. Let's vibe up. Hello, friends. Welcome to the show. I am Daniel Aaron, your host, your guide, and we have an amazing show set up today. This program, this show, everything that I live and do is all about empowering y'all to live your most vibrant, thriving life, to make your life into a masterpiece. And the truth of it is, you probably know already, and amazing lives don't tend to happen by accident. They take intention, they take education, they take effort, they take action. So we are all about here giving you the entertainment, education, and empowerment for you to then be able to take action on what you learn. And our guest today, Ayub Youssef, is an amazing, amazing man. He is a scientist by background who has gone deep into spirituality. He's also an artist and he's a coach. And of the many things that I love about this guy, and you're going to love him too, is he's also really good at and passionate about helping people to live greater purpose and meaning in their life and specifically in their work and career, something that so many people are missing these days. So amazing, man. We're delighted to have him. Awesome that you are here. You, Ayub, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. What an introduction, Daniel. Well, you, I could go on and on, but I want people to get right into hanging out with you. It's um, such a gift that you are here with us, right? We've got some beautiful things in common. I shared a little bit um, about you and who you are, but would you give a little quick background into how you got to this point in your life, though? Well, okay. I will try to summarize it. But uh, yeah, so back to uh, close to 2015, um, I moved to Canada with uh, with 1350 bucks in my pocket. I arrived to Canada, I paid 350 for the room and I had a thousand to start the journey to study a master's degree that cost, uh, that costs 40 grand. So there I graduated debt free. I went to work in Toronto in a startup hedge fund. It was like a dream come true. My friends, uh, my, my classmates couldn't believe that I, I got this opportunity. And then with these opportunities came a lot of hopes, imagination, uh, future planning. But after four years of work, um, I wasn't ready for what has happened to me, which is I, I wasn't uh, rewarded for what I gave to this startup hedge fund. And uh, from there, I got a shock because I was like, is this, is this it? Is this it? I mean, being... Um, eight a straight a students all my life then um aiming to have this career and i built all my life and all my ident identity around it and then it's all gone in basically one day i remember the last conversation i had with the ceo i told him uh, a paycheck is a paycheck and a human being is a human being 
because deep inside i was i my understanding of life was deeper than numbers yes we were hanging out with uh, uh what we call big money guys we were working on a interesting projects but i wasn't fulfilled deep inside because i didn't share the same values i was questioning is this how you manage people is this how you deal with people is this what i meant to contribute in my life i mean solving an equation or or uh, finding a missing number um then my journey of search started then uh once i i become unfulfilled and i quit my job and i spent one year um basically raising questions and answering them and and uh, going deep um and i was lucky enough to connect to great people in, in my journey but also i had some deep spiritual revelations that led me to what i was doing so i discovered a, a part of me that i have neglected which is yes i had this life left brain capabilities and doing math, uh, programming, and all what's related to science. But I, I neglected a part of me, which is being of service, using my wisdom, and connecting to, to higher sources that are higher than this plane of consciousness. That uh, led me to journey of podcasting, a journey of writing, a journey of self-improvement. I spent one year literally not working on the financial industry and uh, building uh, the man who he is today. And from that started my journey, from leaving Canada, uh, living in Mexico, living in Colombia. And uh, you can imagine how many people uh, you can meet and what opportunities and what breakthrough you can experience once you change environment. So um, that basically, in a, in a nutshell, how I went from there to, to having this conversation with you today. Well, awesome. That uh, I, I love, uh, there's so much more I know we could go into with all of that. And there's a lot of lessons in it. And I think, you know, one a couple of things I want to highlight from what you said is, so, well, and where did you come from originally before you went to Canada? Yeah, I was born in the north of Africa in a country called Tunisia. Right. Okay. So you, you, you were born in Tunisia, you grew up in, t in Tunisia. And then at a certain point you said, I'm going to go to Canada. I'm completely wealthy here. I've got like $1,300. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, and, but you had the courage to leave your home, leave the familiar to go there. Right. And that takes a lot. A lot of people never do that, especially people like me that grew up in the U S they never even get passports, never leave. Right. So you felt the call, you followed that impulse. That's powerful. And then you had the experience of getting this, what other people would think of as a dream job. You're making a lot of money. You're working at a hedge fund. And then soon after that, you were not fulfilled. And I think a really key thing you said is you saw that your values weren't aligned and you were willing to leave that comfort, leave that those accolades and that kind of money because of the value misalignment. So how did you do that? What, what, I mean, that takes, that takes something to do that. Most people don't do that. What, what was going on for you that, that helped you to be able to do that? Yeah, I would say, I always said, because if one day I was able to leave the house of my parents at the age of 19, I'm capable of changing from any situation because with all the love I had for my parents and our attachment, whether healthy or unhealthy, we had for each other. 
at the age of 19, I had to leave my my village to study in university. So that built that thing built in me something that okay, I can change any situation because I already left my parents one day. And I have this saying I always try to translate from English to from our culture to English, which is what pushes you to your to, to do hard things usually is something harder. You may think, yes, I left by choice from, from Tunisia, but I remember when I graduated uh, from the engineering school, uh, I graduated from the top engineering school in the country. Like this school receives the first 50 in the country for that year. Uh, I think I was 22, in the, um, I was rank, ranked 22. So technically I would be set for a prestigious job at a bank there and they were sending me uh, some emails to come and interview with them. But when I graduated, my dad had a talk with me. He said, listen, I think um, the, the past years were a little bit difficult for me and I am in a little bit of debt. So I thought about that like two days and I, then I asked him two questions. I said, dad, are you able to take care of the family if I'm not working? He said, yes. I said, the second question, can you pay me a one-way ticket to Canada? I was like, why? He said, because I need to, to continue studying. He said, you know, I, I haven't studied. My dream has been always that my kids get the best education. So I would, I would find a way to do so. Why I did that? Because I said, you know what? I can work here, but I won't be able to change much for myself and my, my family. And... But if I can go to Canada and I get a master's degree in what I, I, I do, what I was doing in financial engineering, I would, have a better, I would have a better situation to be able to change my situation and be able to be there for my, my parents or my family. So that was the, um, the spark or that was what pushed me to, to move first from, from my country to, 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 to uh, Canada. Then in Canada, it, I was in Montreal and uh, same thing. It was basically a similar situation. I, I am at the end of my master's degree, but I basically ran out of money. Technically, I wasn't able to pay the next month rent. And I was like, and I was in a bad situation, but I, I needed a, uh, a solution. And at that time, there was, a, there was a man who gave me a magazine. I was at a finance event. I opened that magazine and I found a list of people who work on the financial industry services. And by chance, I found the emails. So I was every night sending emails to all of these lists and I finished it all until one of them told me, if you're in Toronto, for a uh, you can pass for a coffee. I said, of course, I'm coming for a coffee. So I take a carpool from Montreal to Toronto and I go for a coffee and that would end up getting me that opportunity on the hedge fund. So I was able to sell my story, sell my skills to them, and a change from one city to another, like the same thing I left from one country to another. Now came the, the third move, which was quitting the job. That was the hardest one. Because my friend, one of my closest friends, was like, Ayuba, what do you tell people now? You used to tell them, yeah, I'm this guy working on the hedge funds. Because the second question people ask you after they say, what's your name? They say, what do you do for a living? Now, I'm not, I'm not that guy anymore. But I told him, 
I think I, I discovered who I am because I am more than my name and I am more than my job and I am more than what I do. And I think I can contribute more. Instead of being self-centric, I can be actually curious about people and connecting to them on different planes that are more than a job. That's awesome. I love it. Well, and you know what you, you point to a couple, to me, primary principles of vibrant living to use the language that I put for it. And one of those is to have the, 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 the desire to learn more, to expand, to grow, right? So that moment when you, you finish high school and you say, dad, can, can, can you take care of the family? And, and can you get, because I know that I need to grow. I need to expand. I want to learn more right? That you had not only the desire for that, but the desire that was so strong that you're willing to leave what was familiar and go with, you know, hardly any money. That's amazing. That's powerful. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I'm hundred percent with you that it's, I think one of the big fallacies about the new age and spirituality is that, well, if I meditate every day, then life is going to be easy. And, and really it's like the more we grow, the more life invites us to bigger opportunities, bigger challenges. And you talked about how the, the last big change for you, the last one so far, right, was the biggest one. Right? I mean, which one are you talking about? Because I have had many other changes after that. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. But in, in the sequence that you talked about from, from you know, leaving Tunisia to then, um, you know, getting to the end of your schooling, to then going into the hedge fund, but then leaving the hedge fund that that was in some way the biggest challenge of that up till that point it's that's the way i have heard it anyway exactly yeah yeah exactly you know speaking of um meditation or uh life will flow easy i would say that yes do your inner work do your mental work do your meditation but please don't forget that we live in the 3d world we have to take actions to make that happen maybe if the if at that the the let's say the kid who was in that situation with the hedge fund and needed to to quit i couldn't handle the pressure at that time i think the man who i am today would have been able to behave completely differently and the actions maybe i i i could have took uh that time would have been different if i have this mental clarity today or this inner peace or this understanding of who i am uh, or this understanding of my values so uh, strangely enough it was that experience that allowed me to discover these things about myself and about life Hmm. beautiful all right well you opened up a nice uh, little can of worms for us there and you know so much of what i feel like is important for anybody to live a great life is what do they do with themselves, right? There's um, practices, we could call it, or rituals. There's action in the world. What, what for you is most valuable in, you know, in your process? Okay, so you know when we say what we do with ourselves, we want to say what we do with ourselves when. And this when, there are two, two, two scenarios. What I do with myself when things are good and what I do with myself when things are bad. Because, yes, we are talking about a vibrant living, 
But me and you know, Daniel, we, we will never be always at the top and we will never be always at the bottom because this is how life is designed. This is the law of rhythm. Life goes up and down. Okay. So if I am at a time where I feel like I am at up, I am at a peak, I want to use that momentum to create, take advantage, uh, to expand. And if I am at a bottom, I want to use a processes to understand and learn from these experiences. So what determines my next peak in life is what I do during my, my downtime. And what determines the length of my next downtime is what I do when I am at the peak. For example, you know, like you, you can be this famous artist um, or famous actor and you are at the top. Then because you are at the top, instead of using that momentum to create or expand in consciousness in life, you, you basically drift and go to do drugs. That means your next downtime will be maybe lengthy, maybe harder, maybe more difficult to come out from with the great lessons. That's one scenario. The other scenario is if I am at a downtime, I would I would ask myself questions like, okay, what what can I learn from this that I can bring to my to to my life or to my ne the next period of my my life? Now, as of a specific processes. I would say first be open. If you feel called to try something, please go ahead because you will only know after trying, after experiencing. It's only experience that could teach valuable things. The, the rest is theory. So first be open to experience a process or a modality or, the, or a talk with someone if you feel called to, if you feel aligned to, if you feel inspired to. Then you want to divide the processes into two buckets. One is going inward, means, for example, spending time in solitude, inquiring, asking questions and answering them, either through writing or through reading or through videos. And the second bucket is going outward, going outward and engage with what life is bringing to me at this minute going outward and expose myself to others because other people have um, different perspective. They may see blind spots because they are blind spots. I am in this situation for a reason. I, uh, a problem is the cause of a blind spot. And that blind spot, it's blind because I couldn't see it. I need someone maybe from outside. I was talking with a uh, someone brilliant yesterday and I said listen you want to expose yourself to others from outside the simple reason because we are masters at bullshitting ourselves but I guarantee you if you have a conversation with me in a coaching setting there is no way you're gonna bullshit me and there is no way I'm gonna let you bullshit yourself because I'm not doing this for a living for for just to please you yeah right on nicely said and it is, I mean, it's so much about, yes, having introspection and then also going out into the world to get the reflection. Remember one of my teachers used to say, be careful how you treat other people because how you treat them determines how they will see you and how they see you 
determines how you will see yourself. And I remember when my teacher said that, I was so puzzled at first, but really like it points to, I think similar to what you said, that when we go out into the world, there's this loop that happens that really is a lot about self-discovery. It's powerful. Yeah. We don't live in a vacuum. I mean, we live in an experience of co-creation. And I think uh, if we be open and vigilant, life will send us signs or messages, whether through people or through events. Um, it could send us gifts as well. So um, being self-isolating, uh, isolated during difficult time, um, it could be good, but maybe don't do it for a long, a longer period of time because it may do harm more than good. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's switch gears a little bit. One of the things that I appreciate about you is that you, right, you've got a scientist part of you, right? You've got a someone who cares deeply about spirituality, has had some profound spiritual experience. You've got this artist part of you. And, and you work with people as a coach and helping them to create more purpose and meaning. How do these different components of you relate to each other? Or how do you relate to these different components? What's, what's the importance of them for you? Yeah. You know, there is this concept uh, about the curve of uh, doing and uh, being. And uh, we can... Uh, you know, like, we are both part of the being movement, and one of the famous saying is, like, your doing can never out, outdo your being. So uh, everything is consciousness. So if I want to become healthy, I need to work on my health consciousness, on the background, and I have to take the actions on, on the real world to make myself healthier. If I want to become wealthier i want to work on my wealth consciousness then i want to take actions in the real world to um, make actions that will create tangible results for me so this is the um the connection between me going deep into the spiritual world but being the scientist or or I, I've been an entrepreneur since I was young. I, I start I start initiatives, I take initiatives, I, I had businesses. So that that this connection, not only how to take action, but also how to create the, the consciousness that can uh, contain these actions because otherwise it, it, it won't last or it won't, otherwise it won't it won't happen. Now, as of me being an artist, I think uh, it's uh, it's part of uh, and opening up to to being more creative because uh, having uh, having um educational background as an engineer i was only looking at numbers so if you give me in the past if you give me slide that has words i will only look at the numbers i will i will stay in this uh world of uh one plus one equal two and uh i will never expand my use my imagination however einstein said imagination is more powerful than knowledge and i think me engaging in artistic activities had was the 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 point that opened up opened up a gate for me to align or to harmonize my left brain and my right 
brain to 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 connect more with feelings um which i was missing before i was always in my head now i think i've been able to harmonize how to when to use my head and my head and when to drop into my body and connect to my intuition and i, I have this process right now i would i would slow down and connect and see what my, my intuition tells me and then i will write it down then i will use my brain and logic to say okay which one would make sense in this world beautiful well and in a part of what you point to i think is that for a lot of us we we develop some capacity some capacity we move in a certain direction and then if we're open to life and growth then at a certain point we say all right maybe that's gotten to be too much or out of balance with other aspects of life or myself like you know you've described it in a way as left brain right brain you were very much in the left brain not so much in the right brain um and you also pointed to something there i'd love to get you to expand on your perspective on it all right creativity and being right and this is something as i've gone deeper into my own my own personal work and working with clients and students it's it's not necessarily an intuitive or obvious thing that we as human beings are creating ourselves right we we often think of creation as oh i'm going to paint something or i'm going to write something i'm going to make a piece of music it's creating something out there yeah we know gandhi when when they said you know do you have a message for the world he said my life is my message. And yeah. for years, I've used the, uh, one of the taglines for my business, make your life a masterpiece. And even now, though, I feel like I'm understanding a deeper level of what it means to create oneself, self-creation. Does that make any sense to you? Or, and if so, how do you relate to that? To, to create in our lives? Well, creation in general, but I, I suppose, I mean, the, the distinction between, if there is a distinction, but between creating something out there and, and creating ourselves into who we want to be or what the next part of ourself is. Okay. So creating something out there, out there outside, will need the creator. So I'm also creating that creator which is me in this situation. So how, how I create that person. I, the other day, I, I had this, this basically small breakthrough. I said, okay, can I write something I want here on paper? And then I wrote it. Then I said, what is the one thing in this world that will be able to allow me to get it? And the answer is that was simple for me. It wasn't simple, for example, for my sister when I, I she called me and I tell, hey, can you do this exercise too? The only thing that will allow me to get what I want in this world is action. Then the question, I have to take action to get what I want. If I don't take action, you can meditate yourself until you're blue in the face. I don't think you will get it because we are at this real world. We are in 3D world. So first I had to take action. Then who, who I said, okay, now who's going to take this action is someone, an action taker. Who's going to create that thing in the world is a creator. So now here 
comes the the concept that you talked about which is being so who do i need to be in order to be the person who would be able to make that action that will make that thing happen then here i go into creating who what who, who is that person through my thinking and my speaking so for me that creator or that action taker he has attributes he has to be he has to think this way he has to speak this way he has to carry himself this way then i went more into details what are the thoughts that this action taker or creator thinks thought one thought two thought three until whatever thought hundred and i said do i believe that about myself do i believe that about myself do i believe that about myself because and i think this is the trickiest part you know because we are not only brain and mind a thought happens in the brain and the mind but a feeling happens in the body we are a soup of chemicals we um we our biology is complex our neurological system is wired in ways so what i come up to like sometimes you can say a thought about yourself right now you can say it or you can think about it in your brain or your mind but it doesn't feel right biologically or feelingly and that's where our work uh, uh, that's where we need to do more work about our being in order to be able to maybe make that think normal about ourselves and uh, make peace with the, with, with this thought about ourselves so we can be we can be able to create the being that being will create the action taker and that action taker will go through the world and take these actions now this is my work this is my part i always tell to my clients you are only entitled for your work you're not entitled for the results so this is my part okay now because everything is energy if i thought these thoughts if i created this being i am vibrating at certain frequency and that vibration will create ripples in the world it, it again it's not gonna go into a vacuum so if i my me creating my being and me creating my thinking it will allow circumstances and events and to show up in order to collaborate with what i am doing and make that result show up at the right timing for me i hope this is makes sense <laughs> yeah well it's you know one of the things i appreciate about you uh, like me what one of my teachers used to say, whenever we say to someone, I like you, what we're really saying is, hey, you're like me, or your neuroses are like my neuroses, or your genius is like my genius. In any case, part of what I appreciate about you is you're a philosopher, as I am too. So when I ask you the question, it goes into you and you say, well, let me see how I can um, bring these pieces together. And, and part of what I hear you pointing to is something I love which is, it's, it's again, it's this, it's this loop. We don't exist in a vacuum, as you said earlier. So if I want to create something out there, yeah, I have to be the one who's capable of creating that. I have to see myself as that. And then if I t then take the actions and go out and do that, well, I may not yet 
fully believe that I am that, but if I have the courage to take the actions anyway, right, then I'm going to start seeing results and that's going to feed back to me and say, oh, maybe I am the one that does that. So it's this, you know, being action results loop all feeds on each other. Does that make sense? It, it does. So you can see it that way, or you can also change your being using zillion other methodology or practices, but whatever it worked for you, it works for you. I would say just do it or just take it or just experience it. It's not like uh, you want to stick with one thing. One, one, one thing I came up uh, with lately, I said, okay, if I want something, can I hang out with someone that who has it? And there I developed this process that has two steps. One, I'll be like, okay, we, we are all different, unique human beings. So I am sure that that person has strength and has weaknesses and I have strengths and I have weaknesses. So first, I will say, okay, what, what are the, his or her strengths? What allowed him or her to create this in their lives? And I just, I just need to learn it or I just need to follow it or model it. So that's one. The second thing I say, what am I better at than that person? And that will allow me have an instant shift of my being because listen, if he or she was able to do it, I would be able to do it. But I gave already that breakthrough to myself. I hang out with that person. I understood who she is or who he is. And I saw what's missing in me and what's missing in them. And I use that as a combo to change my being in order to create my being. That's awesome. I, lo I love that. And and the principle right in NLP, Neuro Linguistic programming talks about it just in the same language you use modeling right whatever somebody's created well model them imprint on them but you brought in an interesting distinction which i think is often missing for people because what happens in, in my experience i've seen a lot of people say that's my hero but they elevate them so much that part of them doesn't believe that they can be like that or do that so i love what you said which is then i think about What's something that I can do better than they can, right? And and it's always that way because we, we all have superiority in some aspect. Of course, ultimately in terms of our existence, we're all equal. We're all infinitely lovable, infinitely valuable, yet we all have different experiences and skills. So of course, who, whoever any of us meet that's extraordinary in some way that we want to become extraordinary in, well, they're also going to have some deficiencies and we're going to have something. And part of what that does is the way I hear it is it gives us the confidence and the, the self-esteem to say, I can do anything. I can, you know, I can do anything they can do. You know, if you also hang out with the right successful people, people who are balanced, centered, relatively more healed, they will make you realize that about yourself. They will never let you at any second doubt that what they have done is impossible for you or that they are better than you. No, they will be there, present with you, serving you, sharing with you amazing ideas or sharing with you their being, how, how they created what they have created. They also show you part of yourself that you maybe missed about yourself that 
will make you able to go and create similar to them or better than them uh, or in your field that is completely different. Hmm. If you hang out with someone who is worldly successful, but they are not balanced, they will make you feel like, yeah, something is missing in you and you'll never be as great as I am and all that story. Yeah, beautiful. I remember my my first really important writing teacher gave me this definition for a good teacher, but it could be a good mentor. It could be a good coach. It could be uh, whatever language we want to put on. And the definition she said is it's here's how you test it. When you spend time with that person after that, do you feel more like doing the thing that you went to them for or less? Right. You know, in, in a way it's like, do they encourage you in the way you said it? They encourage you to know that you can be more. They encourage you being with them. Does that help you know that you are capable of more, help you realize that more? Yeah. So something um, I'm curious about, one of the things I find a lot in my work and in myself and, and different layers is this idea of imposter syndrome, right? And, uh, in, and I know you work with a lot of different people in taking leaps in their career, their work life. Um, and I'm guessing you might have experienced imposter, syn in, imposter syndrome some way in your own life. How do you um, how do you relate to that concept? I would say uh, you will still experience every day if you are challenging yourself. M means if you are always looking to do something outside of the normal. But here is the keyword: it's outside of the normal. How do I know that I am capable of doing it? And for that, my process is is maybe clear. So it, it has two. Two, two buckets. So the first one is Emerson said, do the things, get the power. He didn't say, get the power, then do the thing. And then there is this amazing model from a strategic coach, uh, Dan Silliman. He calls it the 4C. Commitment, courage, capabilities, confidence. Confidence and courage are two different things. Courage is doing the thing when I don't have the knowledge or when, when I don't have the, 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 the necessary self-esteem that is coming from previous experiences. But confidence is getting a higher self-esteem after experiencing results or developing capabilities. And his model is foresee. You have to commit means you have to make a decision that I'm gonna take a try on this, or I'm gonna do this, or I will do this. Complete willingness, so one. Then you use courage. That's courage. Courage is when you do something or you go for something new that you don't have the full, um, it's like you don't have the full knowledge, you don't have the full support, you don't have the full self-esteem to, to take it. Commitment and courage gives you capabilities. That's where you develop capabilities. And when you develop capabilities, you will have the confidence and you will solve this imposter syndrome thing. Then I would say, uh, I used to use, I, I have had, for example, in the past, I had a fear of being in front of the camera. And I said, wait a second, like why I'm even having this fear? Because 
I had a desire to be in front of that camera. So anytime I feel imposter syndrome, I would basically say, okay, and that means I have a desire to do this thing. Otherwise, I won't have the desire. And then comes the second bucket, which is now going inward and inquiring. What is going in me that is creating this? Did I live a past experience that created this fear or trauma in me? Did I accept something about myself that is not true? What is the truth here? Uh, and I inquire. And I do my best to find my blind spot. Or also you can bring it to your coach or bring it to whoever you're working with. Sometimes you can even talk with a friend and a friend, they just tell you, listen, I trust in you. And then you go and you create in the world. So yeah, so this is my uh, my thinking, uh, my service thinking about the uh, post syndrome. <laughs> That's great. I love it. And, and I, was th I was thinking of Dan Sullivan when you were speaking earlier. And... Yeah. Uh, the, the the newest book from him and Benjamin Hardy, 10x is easier than 2x. He outlines that 4C uh, perspective really well, and it's I think it it's worth me reiterating it in slightly different language because it's such an important thing, and it's such a basic thing that stops so many people. You know that we think when I have the courage, I will take the action. Right when I'm ready, I will do that thing. But it's exactly the opposite of that in reality. If I do it, then the courage will come. So what we need is is the 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 ability to the, the ability to make the commitment. So then I gotta take the action. Then the confidence will come because I have done that, right? And you know, I say to my clients, "Do you want to do it, or do you want to keep talking about it?" <laughs> Yeah. So if you keep talking about it, we're not solving anything. We are in this imposter syndrome. If you, you want to do it, then we actually create a strategy, create a plan, identifying the skills gap, identifying the blocks, identifying what I need to move forward. And then we bring them together and then we go for it. Hallelujah. I love it. And sometimes that's what we have to do, right? And whether it's to our clients or for ourselves, just say, if I'm talking about this thing, or one of the ones for me is if I'm complaining about something, if I hear myself out loud or even in my head complaining about something, well, am I going to be the person who's complaining or am I going to do something about it? Right? right. So, all right. Well, let's shift gears because time is moving along. Um, you know, one of the things that I, appreciate about what you bring to your work you bring to this show is you are relentlessly growing you spoke a minute ago about you know finding ways to do what's uncomfortable to do something that's not normal on a daily basis and so where are you going now like what's next for you what are the edges you are pushing into yeah, so it, it starts actually by identifying your edges. As you said, what your what the edges are you are pushing you are pushing to. So basically, um, in order for, for us to to get new results, we want to take a new set of risks. So I have this uh, this routine 
every time I feel like I hit a plateau or my results are the same, I say, okay, what can I do for B that is out of the out of the normal? Means normal, not like in the world, normal for me, in what I used to do before, or what, how I used to behave before. And I challenge that a little bit, and, or I shift it a little bit. So, yeah. And um, if you want to be more specific in, 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 in my life, the, what, there is one thing which is great for men, for example, and women, I'm, I'm just saying. For example, in the gym or in the fitness, you always can define a new edge. Because it's basically limitless. So one of the things I'm big on lately, which is if I want a transformation, it shouldn't only happen on the level of the mind. I want it to be on the level of the mind, but I want it to be on the level of the body. And one of my edges was fitness. How can I be more athletic? How can I be stronger? How can I be how can I look better? So that's one edge. The other edge, of course, is in, in business. In, in business, you, 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 you make a growth, then you hit a plateau. Then you ask yourself, what can I do? Or who do I need to be in order for me to get new results? And then you inquire and you take certain sort of actions. And um, I think that's where I am at. Even in relationships too, uh, you can be used to certain type of relationship or you can be used to certain nature of interaction in relationship. Then if you forget it, like if you don't bring that new energy to it, it, it may go down. Not because in life, the static, the status quo doesn't exist. You're either going forward or you're going backward. So that's why I have this routine of what new set of risks or what the new set of actions that I have to take in order for me to get the new results. And this always come from the new, the new results. I don't go from actions to results. I go from results coming back to action. Means uh, the future will determine the present. Yeah, makes you a time traveler. <laughs> Yeah, it makes you live in all the planes at the same time because you mentioned Benjamin Hardy. He said, a desired future self will determine your present and your present will reframe your past. So you're changing everything at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's that, that great quotation attributed to different people, but it's something like, what's the best way to predict the future? It's to create it, right? And, and this takes... It, it takes something outside of what we have. Well, I'll speak for myself, what I grew up with and what I was told in the sort of materialistic world, which is um, not that anything is possible. I wasn't, I wasn't grown up with, I wasn't nurtured with this idea that anything is possible and I can create whatever I want in the future. So again, it goes back to if we look at the, the model of the four C's, right? This courage to see a future that doesn't exist now and to make a commitment to it 
it's powerful, right? That's that's creation. Um, and the amazing thing is, of course, not only is everybody capable of it, everybody's doing it all the time. It's only a question really of, are they doing it in a way that works for them? Are they doing it in a way that's conscious? Is it resulting in something that is fulfilling to them? Are you living by choice or by chance? More C's. <laughs> More C's. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Well, we're going to uh, need to wrap up pretty soon. And I know that you've got um, a kind offer for our guests. Before we go over there and before I ask you the, the big final question, is is there anything that I haven't asked you that you feel like is important or anything you want to bring forward that we haven't talked about so far? Well, I, I like always the, the conversation to flow. I think uh, we have covered what what's needed uh, for for people who, who tuned in. I mean, it's a co-creation of energy. And I think uh, we have been able to, I think, I, I trust, I trust that we have been able to uh, address what the collective consciousness, people who will be involved in the, with the show, uh, have in their uh, subconscious mind or in their mind. Yeah, I'm with you, beautiful. All right, well, um, as you said that, the one thing came to me that I think is worth playing with for a moment, because I know that both you and I work as coaches and from mainstream perspective, we've both done something that a lot of people would consider crazy, which is invest a lot of money. It's always relative, but invest what most people would consider a lot of money to our own education, to our own experience, invest money into coaches that for a lot of people would be like, I can't believe you would spend that kind of money that way. So, you know, and, and I know you had an experience of that recently. Um, what, what's your, what's your feeling about that? What, um, what motivates you to make those kind of investments that other people would consider, um, unreasonable? Yeah, I would say I, I, I'm doing that because I found what works for me. Hmm. The thing is I had friends who are killing it on the real, in the real estate industry. And I was like, okay, why, why I don't do that with them? And they say, oh, you, let's do this and stuff. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. But it didn't feel right for me. Hmm. That made me thinking. What, so what works for me? What, what always has been working for me? And I was like, yeah, I'm investing in myself. I have been able to multiply and I have a high returns on that. And it's something I do it with genuine heart. I don't feel any force. I feel it's flowing. And when it is feels right for me, I do it. So, um, you know, even Jim Rohn said your level of income will never, uh, will never exceed your level of self-improvement. I mean, at any level of your life, you can, I think, find uh, an area of your life where you can uh, improving it and we are all different people so maybe someone has something innate in them and you say oh why that person doesn't invest in their self-improvement and they have gone they have done this this in life we are different we have different skills and different gifts we have different backgrounds different genetics so just look what works for you 
for for me. I, I said, this is, has been working for me. And I have been doing it consciously and cautiously. And uh, I inquired to find the next right step for me that will allow me to grow as a man, uh, to grow as a, um, a thought leader, to grow as a coach, uh, to grow as a human being, because these are things I am interested in. Yeah, nicely said. I'm with you. And I, I often think of it as it's the only, to me, it's the only guaranteed investment. And it, maybe even then it's not guaranteed because, uh, you know, as I heard you say recently, we can invest in ourselves, but no matter what a coach or a teacher or a mentor gives to us or reflects back to us, it's up to us to take the actions, to utilize that, to put it into, into play and into practice in, in our being. Um, but part of what I hear you saying too, the language I put on it is the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. So if we invest in ourselves and we want to improve ourselves in, in relationships or in business or in our wealth or in our physical fitness, that that's going to automatically bleed over into other aspects of our life. Right? It has to. Definitely. I mean, uh, you, you can, I mean, for today, for example, I, I'm sure you have people in mind that, for example, they, you know, they make a lot of money or top 1%, top 10%. But maybe that person's relationship life is not that ideal for him or her. Or you may know someone who makes a lot of money, but you can't spend five minutes with them because they they are basically not connecting with you, not talking with you in, in a kind way. So, we are not, uh, we're a human being, so means we, we don't have one area of improvement that I have to become good at all my, for, for all my life. I think we more like a, a, a system or um, a combination of multiple skills and multiple way of being. And you can choose this period I'm going to improve here the next period I'm going to improve here, the next period I'm going to improve here. I'm going to improve in my health. I'm going to improve in my finances. I'm going to improve in my faith. I'm going to improve in my business. I'm going to improve in my mission and purpose. I'm going to improve in my network. I'm going to improve in my relationship with my parents, with my relationship with my kids, with my relationship with my spouse, uh, my romantic relationship, my dating life. So it's a combination. Yeah. yeah, nicely said. And and one of one of the basic tenets I have for what creates a vibrant life and what's needed for it is that while there's always room to grow, we need to be moving into greater levels of mastery in all the aspects of life that are important from physical to emotional to relationships, spiritual relationship with time, money, creativity, all of it because it all counts and it's it's nobody would define a great life as having tons of money but crappy relationships or having great relationships and yet not having enough money to pay the bills. Right. So we have to be moving into growth in all those areas. All right. So Ayub, time is flying along. Um, you have graciously offered a gift to our audience. Would you like to say what that is and how people can take advantage? 
Oh yeah, so um, thank you for having me today. I mean, um, I am here to be of service using a gift of my wisdom and uh, uh, I appreciate you inviting me and sharing my to share my thoughts and sharing this conversation uh, with you and with your audience. So if if anybody feels they need to connect um, and have a, a coaching conversation, uh, just they need to mention you, Daniel, and uh, I would be able to offer a 90-minute conversation. I don't do like short conversation because we will shift something at that time. Um, it's available for uh, whenever I have time and we can schedule it. Um, I am more than happy there to connect. Awesome. So that's a beautiful gift. And I love that you're not just saying, you know, I'll talk with you for 10 minutes. Like, no, I'm going to let's let's go into it and make something real happen for you. And so for those who are wise enough to say yes to that and want to take advantage, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yes. Yeah, so if they're connected here in Facebook, are you abusive? They can drop me a message. If they're connected on Instagram, I hang out in Instagram. They can drop me a, a DM in Instagram at, uh, at are you abusive and we'll take it from there. All right. Perfect. Well, in that case, I think it brings us along to the point where I get to ask you the big final question. Um, would that be okay? Yeah, please go ahead. All right. So this question is ridiculous because it's impossible. It's way too much to ask of anybody. I will ask it anyway. And, and I'm just so curious to hear what you say about it, right? Because you have so much wisdom, so much experience. If I forced you to boil it all down to one thing, if you had one piece of advice to give to someone who says, yeah, I want to create a more vibrant, thriving life, what is the, what is the one thing you would say? Decide what you want, and then you want to create the inner environment to receive it and to, to create it and take actions. Decide what you want, right? And that's key, right? Actually deciding and believing it and then create yeah. the inner environment. So it's deciding and believing. It's that. Yeah, nice. Well, and awesome. I would say, please yeah. don't quit. Because the only strategy that worked for me is basically staying in the game. Yep. Hallelujah. Nicely said. Well, Ayub, one, thank you for you know lending your time and experience here, giving that. Two, thank you for being someone who's so committed to growth, to evolution, and to service, right? It says a lot about you and it does a lot for the world. So I really appreciate you and appreciate you being here with us. Um, My pleasure. Awesome. And for y'all in the audience, whether you're listening live, watching live, or by rebroadcast, thank you because you being interested enough to invest some of your time says a lot about you and the steps you take in your learning and the actions to improve your life, to come to a higher vibration, that changes the world. It's massively important and powerful. So thank you so much for being with us and for being someone who's prioritizing that in your life. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Make your life a masterpiece. Aloha. Mahalo. 
for tuning in to the Art of Vibrant Living show, y'all. I'm Daniel Aaron, and may you live with great vibrancy. <laughs>